Welcome to the All Things Overlanding Podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On this episode of the podcast slash vlog, I am very excited because I have got a couple of folks uh, who have been doing an overland trip for the last 10 months, and they have kids with them. So let's all think about them and, and have our thoughts go out to them because I could not do it. I mean, I would definitely kill myself. So, and I love my kids, but oh my God, we went to Canada one time. It was a 12-hour trip. I talk about it a little bit in this video. I could not do it. There's no way. But kudos to them. They are doing God's work and it's amazing. So great work to them. Um, but so we're going to dive into it. It's Nate and Carrie from Our Journey Overland, and they have a bunch of stuff on Instagram. They're starting to work on a YouTube channel, so there's some really cool stuff in this interview, and I really enjoyed it. Um, before we dive into that too much, though, I did want to do give a quick shout-out to my sponsors. Um, and by sponsors, I mean friends, really. Like I'm different from a lot of those other overlanding channels that you've probably seen where I kind of try to tell it like it is, and I'm more of a normal Joe. I've got a nine to five. Like I try to take trips as much as I can, but it's it's not like I'm like being paid thousands of dollars and I just do this thing. Like I've been doing this for like about a year now, not quite a year now, and I really do it just for fun. And I want to help you guys out, and I want to you know share some of my knowledge with you guys, and I want to learn from you guys too because I really haven't been doing it that long. So um, I've I've teamed up with four different companies now, basically. And again, most of them are just like small fries like myself that just want to kind of get their names out there. And I said, look, I like you guys. I want to work with you. Um, so I just want to really quickly name those guys. And I want to point out, go down to the description below. There will be links to all of their pages. It's amazing if you could go support these guys because they really are doing cool stuff. So let's just do quick hits here. Um, last US Bags, awesome overlanding type bags and equipment, things for storing tools and things like that. Awesome company. Check them out below. Uh, more Overland Expo. It's coming February 2021, and they do it every year. Uh, awesome Overlanding Expo. One of the few that are in the Midwest. It's doubling in size this year over last year, which was their first year, so check them out as well. And then Northology Overland, uh, Cindy Pope. I've done interviews with her before. She's a fantastic human. She has some really cool events that she does, and she has a digital magazine for overlanding that's totally free. And, and then last but not least, I'm super excited about this. One of my new sponsors who I, I've become internet friends with. So thank you, Chad, for being my internet friend. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Um, but Overland Addict from Chad Boyd. Great, great guy. Awesome overlanding videos himself. He has his own YouTube channel. And he sells all kinds of overlanding gear. I've actually bought a bunch of stuff from him. And I highly recommend him. He's super professional, super quick. And he has great gear. And great deals. So definitely check him out as well down in the description. But without further ado, let's dive into the, the interview. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. 
All right, so hey everybody, uh, as I mentioned on the intro, today we're with Our Journey Overland, uh, Nate and Carrie. They're gonna tell us a little bit about themselves and then we're gonna kind of dive into the interviews. So go nuts, guys. All right, well, nice to meet you. If you wanna tell us who we are. Yeah, I'm Carrie. I'm Nate. We have two kids, Kyler and Drew. Kyler is eight and Drew is five. Wow. They're locked in the back right now. <laughs> They're in the back watching the show while we do this. <laughs> nice, I wondered. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, so we're, we've been on the road for 10 months and uh, traveling around with our two kids, checking out as much of America and, uh, and we did Baja as well. And we were going to do some more uh, stuff down south, but it didn't turn out that way with the uh, whole COVID thing. Yeah, I bet that put a damper on everything, didn't it? <laughs> it definitely made us have to be really flexible. Yeah, we had to change yeah. plans, so. I bet, yeah. yeah. I... I have been really impressed with how you guys are doing this with kids because I have a seven and a 10 year old and we took a trip. It might've been a couple of years ago. So they might've been like five and eight, I guess, but we Perfect. went to Canada. We went up to Niagara Falls. And so it was like a 10 or 12 hour, 12 or 14 hour drive. And I mean, there's no way I can do it for 10 months with them. There's no way. <laughs> so good for you guys. I'm, I'm super impressed. It's difficult at times, but you know, make it through. Yeah, and honestly, we usually don't have drive days last more than like four hours tops. That's smart. Yeah, mm. that's that's the way to do it, I think for sure. Because I had headphones on, and I was just like, okay, I have to focus on driving, <laughs> honey. You have to wrangle that, and that was I, I, it. Was bad. That's what happened. I've done so that much. as well. Yeah, just throw the headphones on and be like, I, they're killing each other. I I recently removed my rearview mirror so I didn't have to look at them killing each other. That's smart. That's a good, yeah. We have a, a pilot that we took on that trip and it had the little like curved mirror thing so you could specifically see it. And I think I remember like two hours in just being like, Boop, and I just closed it. <laughs> just closed it. Yeah. So that's awesome. So um, let me ask you questions here now. And again, you guys feel free to freestyle. If you guys have something you want to talk about, just interrupt me. It's fine. But um, I was going to kind of start by asking, you know, what got you into this trip? What got you into overlanding? So for me, um, when I was younger, when I was a kid, my family always went camping. So I love being outdoors. I love traveling. And overlanding is kind of the best of both of those worlds. Yeah. For me, whenever I was in the eighth grade, my parents bought me a dirt bike. And I would just take off for from sunup to sundown. I would just be gone exploring. And that sense of adventure kind of stayed with me whenever I got older and we, whenever we got together 21 years ago, we both just had the same sense of adventure and we both just started exploring as, as far and as wide as we could. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, where about did you guys grow up? Like what part of the country? Well, I grew up in, uh, Oildale. It's just a little outside of Bakersfield, California. Okay. And so it was mainly uh, oil fields and things like that that I was exploring in the hills around there. So it wasn't like we were exploring the uh, the deep woods, but it, it was still super exciting for a you know twelve year old kid. Oh yeah. And I grew up in Reno, Nevada, and we actually okay. met in Reno. Yeah, we we both live whenever we're back home. We both live in Reno now. I moved up there when I was a teenager. Very cool. Very cool. So out West. Yeah. I, I haven't had a ton of exposure to out West, but I really, I've been to California a time or two when I was younger, but 
I really want to get out to like Pacific Northwest and like just all, all over, right? Colorado, just anything out there. I want to go check out. It's beautiful out there. Beautiful. We've spent six of the last 10 months exploring the Western states and they've just been, every one of them has been amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, so you guys started 10 months ago. How do you, like, this is the question I'm sure you get a million times. This is the standard go-to question for folks that do this full time, right? How do you guys afford to do that? Like, what do you do for work? So we actually, maybe 10 years ago or so, we had planned a big trip and we started saving up for it. And then lo and behold, I got pregnant. And so we put that on hold, postponed it for a bit. And then we had our second child, our daughter. And after she was born, we kind of decided that we really wanted to go on a big family trip and kind of live that dream that we had a decade ago. Uh, so we started saving up and we saved up for four years, fixed up you know, the truck, got the camper, fixed up the trailer. Uh, so it's four years of sacrifice, not splurging and just saving for this you know, 10 month trip. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. I There's this weird sort of like, and I don't know, I'm going off, you know, I'm just kind of freestyling here, but there's this weird sort of hatred of people that can do this full time for some reason, I feel like. Like I see that more and more and I'm kind of like, but they, something happened, right? Like it's not like you guys were just independently wealthy and you decided to go camping, right? Like independently wealthy people don't generally do that. So like, I'm I'm really impressed and I hope people that are listening that are haters of full-time overlanders are like, oh yeah, it's not just, they didn't just get sponsored by 70 different companies and they make millions, right? From their YouTube channels. The first, the first big multi-month trip that we took together was in 03. And okay. we did uh, a few months in Australia. Wow. And we were both working at like Home Depot whenever we saved up for that big trip. That's awesome. And the way that we saved up that money is we lived in a travel trailer on a, a family member's property for a year to save up enough money to be able to do it. Wow. So I mean, it can be done. It's just, it takes a lot of sacrifice. So the rig that we're actually traveling around in now, my, my Tundra and the four wheel pop-up camper. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to law school and I lived out of this truck and the, and the camper while I was going in, while I was going to law school, I lived in this truck in the, in the parking lot. Wow. So it was cheaper. It was cheaper to buy the truck and the camper than it would be for me to pay rent in Sacramento because there's no law school in Reno. So, so we actually saved money by buying the vehicle that we ended up taking this trip on. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that idea. I, you know, I we obviously have a house now and and a couple kids and everything. And my wife is not so into it. I don't think that she would be <laughs> up for full time travel and like showering out of a vehicle and stuff. But I would, I would totally do it. Like if she would let me leave for like a month or something, I'd go just travel around the U S and live in my Xterra. And I think it'd be awesome. So yeah, I'm impressed. I'm jealous. I think, I think everybody who's into overlanding should give it a shot. Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. great advice. (laughs) So you mentioned it. So you guys have kids. So I know we talked about this a little bit before, but tell us the age of the kids and kind of what it's like traveling with them. Exhausting. (laughs) You can feel that. Yeah. So it, it is exhausting, um, but it's also very rewarding. So eight and five, and we started the trip, um, our youngest was four, and then our son was seven. Wow. So they both had a birthday on the trip. Um, but I will say, you know, there is 
um, a benefit to traveling with your kids, especially when they are young. And for us, you know, because we've traveled so much before we had kids and explored and, you know, went overlanding in Australia, um, we, we kind of wanted something new. And when you see your children and you instill that love of nature in them and you kind of things that you looked at and you were in awe of, you, you kind of get to refill that and revisit that through your kids' eyes. So as exhausting as it is, it's definitely well worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I it's funny because so like I'll give you a little example of my kids. So we live in like a suburban neighborhood in the in Indianapolis area. So like when I grew up though, I lived in southern Indiana and, and so sort of the same as you, Nate, both of you probably, where like my parents lived in the woods. And so like every day we would get home from school and they're like, I don't want to see you until it's dinner time. And like you're out in the woods <laughs> with your friends and you're like finding abandoned cement mixers and quarries and like all kinds of crazy stuff right and so then when I got married and we lived in the city basically I was like these kids are gonna be the worst kids ever like they're and they kind of are <laughs> still obsessed with their iPads like all these kids nowadays are yeah. but, but they're I tell you what it's funny we did Cub Scouts for a while and mm. I was the den leader and we took a group of like eight or ten kids out camping and like when the Cub Scouts go camping it's like in a field at a state park and <laughs> then one time I convinced the dads I was like let's go to Hoosier National Forest which is like a big national forest in Indiana and I was like let's really go camping like where you have to get your own firewood and like there's no toilets and that sort of stuff and we mm -hmm. did that and my kids were just rock stars they're like cutting down like pulling dead trees out of the woods and these other kids are like complaining about the bugs and like asking for their iPads and stuff so like my kids are they've been surrounded by coyotes a time or two and they're not scared and they've got, they've even gotten sick in the woods and like they just tough it out. Cause they're like, well, we're already here. I'm just going to throw up outside and get back in the tent. And then the next day we take them to the doctor. <laughs> At least they so go outside. Yeah. There've been both inside and outside <laughs> <from> various experiences. <laughs> that was awesome. Cool. Um, so do you guys have a preference? So I, I always ask people about their vehicles. I'm kind of a car guy. Like, do you guys prefer, newer or older vehicles i mean the, the tundra is not super old right but do you prefer newer or older vehicles and why so for overland travel and bear in mind whenever we travel overland we've we've been a hundred miles down dirt roads away from anybody else all by ourselves just the two of us and our kids right so whenever you're out in a location like that you really have to have something that's going to be dependable and trustworthy and it's going to not break down on you right. that being said um like i said we've been overlanding together for 20 years and out of those 20 years at least i'll say at the very least 15 of those years we were we were overlanding in a vehicle that was built in the 80s or, wow. or 70s like most of the time we've, we've been in a vehicle that's built been built in the, in the 70s or 80s wow. and my one thing that i'm really good at is trailside mechanics and it's because I started out in a 1973 Chevy four-wheel drive, you know, and nice. replacing the starter whenever out in the snow in the middle of nowhere, Nevada, and you know, think, things like that. So I, I have a little, a little, like spot in my heart that just loves old classic vehicles. I, I actually love old vehicles. I love them so much. My favorite vehicle that we ever owned was an FJ60. It was, it was by far my favorite vehicle. 
But the problem is it was gutless. It had a carburetor. So if you were driving it from sea level to 11,000 feet, which we've done like five times on this trip, you'd have to reset the carburetor and it wouldn't run right at either one of the elevations. Oh. So although I generally, I love the old vehicles. I think they're fantastic for full-time overland travel. I really do think you at least need something new enough to have fuel injection. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. That's, I'm kind of the same way where like, I like, so like, I like my Xterra cause it's an 05, right? So it's not, it's by no means new, but you know, it's body on frame still, but it's fuel injection. It's got power steering. It's, you know, automatic transmission is kind of nice. It makes things a little easier, less thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm with you where I'm like in the middle. Like I, I agree. I don't think you need to go buy like a 2020, you know, four runner and spend a hundred thousand dollars by any means. I think you could buy something that's 10 or 15 years old and it'll work. Yeah, so we our our Tundra that we're in now is in is an 08. And I think a 10-year-old, a little over 10 years old, is about perfect. You scratch it up, you get some pinstriping, the kids spill their drinks in the back or whatever. It doesn't break your heart. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. Um are you a Toyota, are you guys Toyota people? Or are you like a brand loyalist or not? No, I'm, I'm absolutely not a brand loyalist. As soon as any other manufacturer makes a vehicle half as good as Toyota, I'll buy it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that, being, that being said, like I, like I said, I, I, most of the vehicles I've owned have been Chevys. I've owned an International Scout, uh, Scout 80, actually. And um, I've, owned, I've owned several different kinds of vehicles. I've owned a Nissan, even. I've owned a Nissan Patrol. Uh, we bought that we, we we bought that whenever we were in australia and it broke down and left us stranded in around campton but that's a story for another time uh so i'm not a brand loyalist per se but i do really like toyotas yeah yeah i you know i i was looking at toyotas when i bought my xterra and i'm a nissan guy but i was still i mean the exact same thing right like if i want something that's going to be reliable for a long time and last for a while you know, I looked at them, but at the time, so when I looked at mine, mine's an 05, and it had 94,000 miles on it when I bought it four years ago. So that would have been like 2016, so it was 11 years old. Um, it was, I got, I stole mine for like seven grand from a <gasps> private party. And like, I was looking at Forerunners, and they were like 99 through 02 with like 150 to 200,000 miles. And I was like, I just can't justify that expense. Yeah. Oh, did we lose you? this part will cut out can you hear us or can you hear me i can hear you now it just it just blipped out for a second yeah i'll cut that part out <laughs> this is one of the parts that i will cut i think right. we had like big storms through here recently and like we've been had wi-fi problems so like it just like will randomly cut and say wi-fi is down for like 10 seconds and then it's back who knows who knows all right so here we are we're talking about that stuff I think I just stopped talking about the Toyota Nissan thing. So do you want to jump back in with where you were? God. Well, I, I actually love, I love Nissans. I really do. Um, whenever I went over to Australia, I was going to buy a Toyota Land Cruiser. And then after we were shopping around for a little bit, the price of the Toyotas versus the price of a Nissan was ridiculous. You just can't, you, you, you almost can't justify the price of a Toyota over a Nissan. So that's why we ended up going with the Nissan there because we were on a very tight yeah, budget. Yeah, I think it was, I think we got it for like $1,700. Yeah. So we were there. That's what we used. Wow. Yeah. So 
that yeah, that's yeah. where we're overland with my seven seventeen hundred dollar vehicle. But um, uh, if if I were to tell somebody what vehicle to pick right now, especially in Nevada, where where we have a very steep uh, Toyota tax, so yeah. I would probably tell somebody to go with a Nissan because they do make a really good vehicle. I looked at Toyotas, and again, that price is so high, and Honda doesn't have anything that's comparable to like an Xterra or a Forerunner or a you know any of the trucks or anything like that. I, and I had to go with the full-size rig for um, all the stuff that we're, we're dragging around with us. And we couldn't go with diesel because we were planning on going down to Central and South America. And it's not really an option for ultra-low sulfur diesel. So that means I would have to buy an older diesel. And I was oh, yeah. just, just better off going with the gas. So that's one of the reasons why we ended up going with the Tundra. Interesting. Yeah, that's good thinking. See, that's, that's one of those things I don't think a lot of people think about until it's too late yeah we, we ended up planning a whole bunch for this trip and then we had to replan and then replan again so yeah yeah i bet mm. um this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window your work can take you all over the place like texas you've never been but it's going to be great because you're staying at la quinta by window their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead and after you can unwind using their free high-speed wi-fi tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine Book your stay today at LQ.com. So since you're doing this full time, like all the time, so I, I definitely have my own preferences as far as like I'm more of like a cold weather camper than a hot weather camper. But since you guys are doing this full time, you don't really have an option, but do you have a preference? Like what time of year is best for you or that you prefer the most? So I think one of the benefits of traveling for a longer period of time is you can kind of chase the weather. So for oh. us, perfect weather between 65 and 75 that's where I think we kind of like it um and it we know once it starts getting cold as we we headed down to Baja you know once it starts getting hot again we start heading north so we try to keep it a little cooler because don't like the heat and you know once it gets too hot if we're not near a lot of water then we're not happy yeah yeah oh I'm exactly the same way so we generally don't like midsummer camping because that's whenever everybody's out and the mosquitoes are out really bad and and it's just super crowded so we try to avoid uh going out midsummer but in in nevada slash northern california because i mean we're right on the border uh we're we, we're almost like where we camp out at is about six seven thousand feet and there's like 20 feet of snow so we can't really can't really camp out whenever there's that much snow and on this trip earlier we camped out in the middle of nowhere nevada and it got down to like negative 10 degrees my water tanks froze my water lines froze the faucet froze and everything froze and broke so that, that was a really big pain to have that so yeah we're kind of like we, we, we're, we're, we're like fair weather campers <laughs> Right. You know, that makes sense. I, you know, I mean, I go a ton in the winter, but like for two or three days at a time. Right. So we had a time where like we were going to have eggs for breakfast and we opened up our cooler, which we didn't have ice in. Right. We just had it closed to keep things warm and the eggs were ice balls. So we couldn't eat our eggs and it was inconvenient, but we didn't live out there. Right. Like we, that was just like, oh, I guess we'll have Lunchables instead of eggs for breakfast. You know, like we'll just eat something else. But it wasn't like life or death or like you can't shower because the weather's too cold or, you know, whatever. So that is interesting. It's a good point. No, we've been out where we're, we're like setting bottles of water in the engine to thaw so we could have something to drink. Jeez. Like, 
That's not fun. No, it's not fun. Yeah, that's survival right there. Mm. Um, so is the do you think that the Tundra is probably the best or your favorite four-wheel drive that you've ever owned, or do you have another vehicle that you like better? No, no, I, I love this Tundra. It's been a great vehicle, um, but it's definitely not the best. It's a little bit heavy. Um, I do like to have a solid front axle, although I don't think it's necessary for anything that you're going to do for overlanding, and it just doesn't have the same soul as like an FJ60, you know? It just, so, but for what we're doing, it's, for planning on going down to South America and everything like that, I really do think that it's probably one of the best vehicles. If, if, if I had to do it all over again, I, if I had to do it all over again and I wasn't going to head down to South Central America and South America, then I might have gone with an American three quarter ton diesel. And that's just because the GVWR is so much higher. And I'm honestly a little overloaded here. Yeah. Yeah, I bet, because you have to carry everything, so that's pretty difficult. Is is the truck modified at all, or is it pretty much stock? Um, so for my mods, I'll just start with the front row on the way back. So I have a big, gnarly bumper on there that I bought off Craigslist for $1,000, yeah. and I just needed a bumper I could throw a winch in, and it's the only bumper that I found used, so that's what I got. Nice. Um, so I have an 11,000-pound super winch in the front. And then I have some, just some cheap eBay lights in there, some random ox beam lights in the front, yep. and another company called Extreme LED Lights. I have those as my ditch lights, and they're actually really good. Extreme LED makes a good, makes a good light. Nice. And then for my suspension, I did Bilstein uh, 6112s in the front, which are a fantastic shock. And I did uh, the Bilstein remote reservoirs in the rear. Cool. I honestly think that's that's where like overlanders really honestly overspend. Like you don't need a full blown racing suspension right. to go drive down some rugged dirt roads. Honestly, right? Yeah. Built scenes or old men emus are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else did I have to do. So to take the extra weight of the camper, I got a set of custom springs on there. I went with Alcans. They make a good spring. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then I did airbags on cradles so that I wouldn't. Uh, lose any suspension drop okay. uh, so uh, normally airbags are bolted to the frame and to the spring so mine mine just on the spring they sit in a cradle so it can just completely oh. drop I don't have to worry about ripping my airbags in half and just in case I got into a little bit of trouble I installed a ARB rear locker in there cool. and I did a Ver Air um, onboard air kit which is I think it's the first mod I do on any vehicle that I own. Yeah. Uh, and let me think, is there anything else that I'm missing? Uh, stop tech brakes, uh, slotted rotors, front and rear with their brake pads and stainless steel brake lines and some uh, BFGs. Oh yeah. And this vehicle came stock with the tow package. I upgraded to the tow mirrors and it had nice. the cold weather package with the upgraded alternator to run everything. Nice. I think yeah, that might be cool. Yeah. I think you, you make a great point there. Like there are a ton of people, especially in the Xterra world, that spent like Xterras are not Jeeps and or Toyotas. Unfortunately, they're just not popular. When I first got my Xterra, I started looking online and I'm like, oh my God, suspension for like, you know, shocks and, and uh, like full coilovers for the front and like a replacement leaf pack for the rear with shocks. It's like 2,500 to 3,500 bucks. And I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? It's so, like mine is a total... 
like used parts, right? Like I found some used coilovers for like 360 bucks. I've got like an overleaf helper spring on the rear because I'm still on the OEM leafs and a yeah. longer shackle. Like it's literally like the most bastardized, cheapest suspension you can get. And it works fine. I have two and a half inches of lift. I fit 33s and I go anywhere I want. So that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Save money for the traveling. Yeah. The adventure. Yeah. The, the the more money you see, this is what I don't get. People say that they can never afford to, to go full-time overlanding, but then right. they spend $150,000 on their rig. You know, right. like I, I'm into this thing, like 40 grand, like right. for the camper and everything, you know? Yeah. So if you just save your money and not try to, not try to overbuild a rig that you, that you don't need all that stuff. Honestly, you don't, your rig is set up perfect for any overland exploration. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. And that's a great point for anybody that's listening, like on the podcast, like if you're hesitant because you think you have to save up for a brand new forerunner, even a three or four year old forerunner, and you got to have the Instagram, you know, famous suspension and bumpers and all that stuff. You definitely don't. You definitely yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> the first, the first rigs that we went out exploring in, like she said, was $1,700, $1,500 old Chevy square bodies. Like nice. just, I mean, whatever we could <laughs> Whatever we could purchase and fit our gear in, that's what we would go overlanding. Oh, right. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. So what's like the coolest thing or obstacle or, you know, I mean, like all of us that like to go off-roading are like, oh, I got up this mountain one time or, you know, whatever. But like, what's the coolest story or example that you can tell or think of that you've like overcome obstacle-wise on this trip? So I think the coolest um, thing that we've done overlanding was probably in 2003 Fraser Island in Australia oh wow that was was amazing we took a ferry over you know with our the Nissan Patrol um there was hardly anybody on the entire island you know we could drive up the beach we camped out wherever we wanted on the beach um it was beautiful you know ocean views and nobody was around you know 17 years ago yeah right so we recently watched we recently watched a video with uh uh, four wheel Australia, I think is the name of four wheel Australia, uh, video. And they did, they did Fraser Island. There's a million people there. Oh my God. Uh, it, it was cram packed. Whenever we were there, we went skinny dipping and played naked hacky sack and we <laughs> didn't see another person for two days. So it was, it was honestly like, it was, it was an amazing experience to, to be there before before this whole thing blew up but as far as like like the obstacles that i've done i don't i don't mean to sound like i'm i'm all that with off-roading but for just an example i've taken uh like hell's revenge in moab yeah and i've done every single obstacle up and down hell's revenge without a spotter like it's it's i've been doing this for 20 years so i don't really have a really cool obstacle or, or, or really cool challenge that, that I've done that I, that I, that really gets, you know, the blood pumping like it did when I first did it, which when I first did it, I would, I would get my blood pumping over just about anything. Yeah. Um, but now it's not really like that, but here recently we were, um, we were taking a trip out to the middle of nowhere, Nevada again. I mean like dead set middle of nowhere. We got a late start. It was like literally midnight. I think it was like 1230. Um, it had been raining for like four days straight, just pouring rain. We had the kids with us in the truck. Yes, the kids had already fallen asleep while we were driving out there. And we drove down this super, super muddy road. And it, we were going to a place that we'd been several times. 
but we started this one hill climb that I, I knew it could be tricky. And on the way up the hill climb, I'd made it the whole way. I'd made it all the way up this muddy, slick hill. I, I wasn't even breaking traction. It was, I, I, I thought it was just like maybe that hill wasn't somehow muddy. And yeah. right as soon as I got to the top, it banked to the left and went around a corner. Well, as soon as it banked to the left, I slid sideways into the ravine. And we were towing the trailer, too. We were towing a oh, trailer geez. with, like, 4,000 pounds. Uh, the wow. trailer we have behind us right now. Yeah. And I fought for a bit to try to make it because I was just – I just had to go just right around a little bit of the corner to try to make it up there. Yeah. But my tires were completely caked all the way around with just that thick, thick clay mud. Yeah. And so at one o'clock in the morning, pretty much, we made the decision to back all the way down this long hill, literally a cliff on one side <laughs> and a straight up and down mountain on one side. And she had to spot me as I backed down. I don't know. How long do you think that was? 500 yards? Uh, I don't know if it was that long. It, it felt like it was, it <laughs> felt felt like it was like two it. miles when I was backing up at one o'clock <laughs> in the morning. But so we made the decision to just, find a spot a flat spot on the road and just sleep on it and then it had stopped raining at that that point and it was supposed to be dry the next morning so we just slept on it and then waited until the next morning and checked out the trail and it had dried out quite a bit and we were able to make it up the next morning nice. but that, that that's like what you need to do sometimes i know like your ego wants you to put it and try to make it up but sometimes you just gotta call it and go sleep on it and try it again in the morning yeah well that's that's one thing too is i feel like a lot of overlanders are old school off-roaders like that's how i got my i, I had a jeep cherokee and i went with friends with wranglers and we went to off-road parks for like yeah. three or four years i had that thing and then when i bought my xterra the first thing i did was lifted it and put big tires on it and did i'm like i need this thing to be as capable as possible right. and then i was like wait a second like that's the wrong attitude like i don't want to hit that spot in like a forest or something and be like yeah, I can make that and then get stranded in the middle right. of nowhere with no cell reception, you know, like, right. that was, that's, that's definitely, definitely a good point. So yeah. Yeah, I love that. You want something that's built well enough to get you down a forest road and to maybe get you out of a, a gnarly situation that you shouldn't have got yourself into, but not right. built so well that you're going to be pushing yourself where you shouldn't be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's the problem with going with other people. See, like, at least you guys get to pick your trail. Like, I went to West Virginia with some buddies, and it was a great time, don't get me wrong, but, like, there were some parts where I'm like, that water looks really deep, and we didn't check it, so I guess <laughs> I just won't go first, you know, and there were some rock walls that we climbed. There was one point where my brakes were, like, I got a radio call, and they're like, hey, your passenger rear tire and wheel are smoking, and I was like, really? I should probably invest in stop tech brakes, but they're still a yeah. style. Uh, they were just hot, you know, it was fine. I poured some water on them. It was fine. Um, but yeah, you're right. Back on the road. Yeah. Mm. 10 minutes. Good to go. It's an Nissan. Yeah. It's an Nissan. <laughs> or, or a Toyota, you know, mm. either one's fine. Yeah. Um, so tell me this, is, is there any place that you want to go that you haven't been able to go yet? Cause you guys have been to a lot of awesome places. All the places. <laughs> yeah. We, we kind of want to go everywhere. Um, yeah. We're hoping in a few years we can maybe do the Pan American Highway. Like to do cool. that. Um, initially, when we started setting up this trip, we were thinking about going to New Zealand, and oh, wow. you know, our plan changed forty times until we 
you know, did what we did and then mid trip, it changed again because of COVID. So yeah. I think we'd really love to go back to Australia. We'd love to go, you know, to Alaska. We, we were going to try to make it to Alaska this time, but the border's closed. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot we want to do in the next few years. Yeah. That's so awesome. actually just yesterday we finished our, uh, um, Continental Divide Trail. So Expedition Overland, they posted a, an article on um, uh, what's the journal? Expedition. What's the journal? Expedition you know. uh, Portal. Expedition Land Portal. Journal. Overland oh, Journal. Land overland journal. journal. Yeah. Okay. Expedition Portals uh, magazine. Yeah. So they posted an article where they did the uh, Continental Divide Trail, and mm -hmm. so that's what we've been doing for the past three months. Wow. We weren't able to take all of it because it was pretty it's snowed snowy. in. Yeah, especially okay. Colorado. It, a lot of it was still covered in snow. But wow. just yesterday, actually, we uh, just finished the trail, popped oh, over cool. into Canada real briefly <laughs> on a dirt road, and uh, <laughs> and then turned around and came back. So you're not supposed to tell people that. Yeah, so. <laughs> there, there are signs that said, no do one not listens to this. No. <laughs> Nobody but you guys. Yeah, so, so that's. That's what we just finished yesterday, and there's just so so much to see in yeah. in not just in America, but it, just in America. There's just like thousands of trails. So I've actually started the Rubicon Trail twice and didn't finish it just because I got tired of people being there. So uh, there's like a million different trails that I want that I want to take up and, and and see just just in the United States. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, it's funny that you say that because like, I am literally the exact same way. Like I've been teasing kind of on some of my videos and stuff recently, like, Hey guys, I have this great plan. Like I've explored Hoosier National Forest like 20, 30 times now over the last couple of years. I know where pretty much all the spots are. And I want to like, do like literally like a walkthrough of the whole national forest. So anybody that wants a, like a reference guide, literally like, here's this campsite, like check it out. Here's some features. Here's where it is. Here's a location, that kind of a thing. And, mm -hmm. but I keep telling people like, that's not happening for like six, seven months because I'm not, there's people everywhere. There's people in every site. It's yeah. hard to find a spot, but then you go in the winter and it's just quiet and it's beautiful yeah. and no one's around and you can pick whatever site you want. So it's tough with all these people. Overlanding is almost too popular now. <laughs> yeah. Especially it, right now since everybody's yeah. getting back out. Yeah. Overwhelming the parks. And, and I mean, I really do like to see more people out there, more people enjoying the great outdoors, especially those people that are taking their kids and their family out there. I really do enjoy seeing them out there. But again, on, on one hand, I love seeing it. On the other hand, I'm like, man, there sure are a lot of people out today. <laughs> it's a catch 22. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is a weird question for you guys because you carry everything with you all the time, but like, is there one piece of gear, I guess not that you wouldn't leave home without because you've already left home, but is there one piece of gear that is like your favorite piece of like your onboard air or is there something that you just love, like your favorite piece of gear? Uh, okay, well, I can't answer that question because there isn't just one piece of gear that I feel that people shouldn't leave home without. Like I said, we've been doing this for 20 years and there are definitely certain things that I don't leave home without. So for somebody just leaving, somebody just leaving on their first overland trip, throw a snatch strap and a shovel in the back and you should probably be fine. Like that's what I would say. Everybody should never leave home without a snatch strap and a shovel. They'll be fine. Certain things that I really feel are very, very important 
are onboard air because if you're going to be off-roading you should be airing down and if you're going to air down you're going to need to air up and if you're in the middle of nowhere and you get a flat you're going to be totally you know like in a really bad situation that you could get yourself out of like that if you had onboard air and a patch kit so you need onboard air a patch kit a shovel <laughs> a snatch strap i love i love having a jumper box in case my battery goes dead because i'm irresponsible and i leave my doors open and the kids come in here and they put switches on and stuff Yep. So a little a little portable power box jumper is, is really good. We've probably used that jumper box on this trip 40, 50 times. Oh my we use it a lot. It's been <laughs> we works. used it today twice. Um, yeah. Oh my god. So I, I would say like if, if if there was like a new overlander who's just like, what what do I need? I would just say bring an air compressor. I personally like onboard air, it doesn't take that big of a deal to install right. I do mine myself. Yep. And the little jumper box, a shovel, a snatch strap without metal hooks on the end, yeah. and, um, and and a plug kit. Yeah. And if, if you want to get fancy, then, you know, like traction boards are really nice, but you, you don't need them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah. And Have you seen those Colby valve stem things? Colby valve stems. I don't think I have. Definitely. Definitely. When we get off the phone, Google them. And I'm not like sponsored by them or anything, but I, so I recently had exactly the situation you're talking about where like I had been on an overlanding trip a couple hours south of here, I had my youngest with me, my seven-year-old. We had gotten out of the woods and hit the highway and like within like a mile of hitting the highway, I started to feel the truck start to pull and lean and I started to slow down. And as I did, I lost a tire um, and I pulled off the road. And I mean, there's semis going past us and there's nowhere to go. And I mean, I'm in an off-road vehicle. So I put the right tires all the way down off the road, but I was still like that far from, you know, from the, the highway and my yeah. left driver's side front tire was completely flat and the valve stem was hanging from the side okay. of it, but it was still attached. It was just like, you could see the gap, but it wasn't too bad. So I, I have a little buyer. Mine's not even onboard air. It's just like an 88P. It's, it's a little one, but yeah. it works. And I pushed the valve stem in with my hand, and then I plugged it in, and I, I aired it up as much as I could, drove a mile down the road, got off the road, changed the tire. So, But yeah. the Colby valve stem, I found out about afterwards, if you lose a valve stem, this thing, you pull the valve stem out, and these things are like, they're like metal with these little wingtips on them. And you stick them in through the hole where the valve stem was and twist them until they get tight. And it basically forces a thing out behind it. And they're mm -hmm. 20 times stronger than a normal valve stem. And it was like 30 bucks for two of them. So yeah. like if I'd had that, I wouldn't have had to risk my life driving down the road, you know, change a tire. I could have literally taken two minutes and plugged that thing in and then aired up and been done. So yeah, I didn't even know about them until like two months ago. And they're awesome. <laughs> I do carry I do carry spare valve stems with me, but um, nice. it's it's one of those things that I luckily have never had to use. Yeah, mm. that's now that I've used it. So I bought a two pack. So now I've I've got one that I've used and one that I've got as an extra. And I'm just like, okay, if that ever happens again, <laughs> now I'm prepared. What for fifteen happening to two tires on one trip? You know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. That's I feel good about the one. I hope that the one is all I ever need, but you never know. I mean, I wasn't even doing anything aggressive. Like, I think I went down a rutted path, and it just grabbed the valve stem. Like, Hoosier National Forest does not have any real off-roading. It's like gravel roads and a couple muddy, rutted paths. Yeah. That's it. So I was shocked that yeah. I lost the valve stem. So anyways, check them out. They're awesome. I'll give it a look. Um, cool. So... Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty neat. I mean, I, again, I'm not sponsored, but I was so impressed that I literally made like a video. <laughs> so if you go to YouTube and, and look at my channel, there's a thing called Colby Valstems. You can see them on there, but I was so impressed with them. Cause I'm like, this is life safe. Like to not have to drop a tire and use the high lift, which is always terrifying, right? Like it's just, yeah. you're waiting for it to kick out and kill you. Um, yeah. It was really nice. So um, cool. So you guys, you're on Instagram. Do you feel like, and obviously you're doing this full time. So you probably have some time, but like, do you guys, how do you create your content? Like, do you, because as a content creator, I feel like I'm always kind of like missing out sometimes. Like sometimes I just have to take a break and like say, I'm not going to do any videos or take any pictures this time. I'm just going to hang out with the kids and, and camp. But do you feel like that ever gets in the way or or how do you guys kind of manage that? So I don't think we specifically, you know, we'll take photos um, just to post on Instagram. Um, but being a parent, I think I do that anyway, because I want to get like 5 million pictures of my kids. <laughs> right. uh, and the other day, our son went off this really big rope swing. And so we're there with the camcorder and a phone <laughs> and we're, you know, taking pictures filming. And we had him go do it again because like we didn't actually watch him. We were just filming the whole time. So right. I think there's a balance when you need to just like set it down and step away and be like, I'm going to enjoy, enjoy the walk or, you know, I'm going to watch them and not be taking 500 pictures the whole time. Right. But we, we never set out to create content, honestly, really. <laughs> but we do, we do so much stuff on this trip that it like on one day we will go kayaking, horseback riding, ride our motorcycle and go for a hike, you know? Jeez. So it's just like, it, it, it's, and, and, we're exhausted and, all the time. and go fishing. So it's yeah. like, it's, if we just posted one of those things for that day, then, then our Instagram, you know, like duties to keep our uh, followers up to date, which is like my mom and her mom. And that's <laughs> it. Uh, then, then that's, then we'd let them know what's going on. But we honestly we still have things that we haven't posted from like last week and it's not because we don't, we still post every single day, but we honestly, yeah, every single day we have reception, I should say, but we we honestly are, before we started this trip, we were the busiest humans on earth. And everybody always said, are you guys going to slow down whenever you're, whenever you're out there? And we're like, Oh, we have to absolutely. No, no, we are, we're not relaxing. Every new place we have got to adventure and go on hikes. You don't want to and... miss anything while you're there. Yeah, so right. you're constantly going. Mm. That's awesome. No, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I I love that idea. I like. So now, like, I started. I don't even know why. Like ten ish months ago, I was just like, eh, I'll like make a real. Go- I'll try and actually make some videos, right? And I was terrified because I thought I'm going to get ridiculed, right? Like I'm just gonna. Cause they weren't good and they still aren't great, but, <laughs> um, but like, actually it's been really interesting to see. And that's part of the problem is that like when I started, I was literally like you guys just doing it to like record cool things that I saw on trips or cool obstacles that I overcame. Cause I was an off-roader that became an overlander and mm-hmm. like the kids and stuff. And now it's like become a thing where it's like, 
oh god i have to how am i going to come up with a video for next tuesday you know like i guess i have to go camping now and i and it that's why i always ask everybody because i'm always curious how that works it's it's still fun for me i haven't hit that point where it's not fun yet and i everybody's really cool about it if i don't release a video on a certain day you know but uh, i'm just always curious so that's that's good that you guys are enjoying your family and not held you know by the social medias no, not at all. We we are in addition to the Instagram, which we post on regularly, uh, which we actually I say it was just mine and her mom's, but we just hit a thousand followers, and I'm so stoked about that. Nice. But <laughs> anyways, um, we do. In addition to that, we have been shooting video, actually quite a bit of video, which isn't easy. It's like a thousand times harder than I thought that it would be to actually shoot decent video. Um, and my buddy, Mike, over at All Terrain Family, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his, uh, his YouTube channel. It's fantastic. Check it out. He's got a great channel. And he said that he'd help us throw some videos together whenever we got back. So we have like three terabytes worth of video for the 10 months we've been on the road. Yeah. So, so we, we, we should have a little bit to, uh, to, to start putting some, some videos out, hopefully. Fingers awesome. crossed. Yeah, I don't know was... if they'll be good video, but... They won't be. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. People don't, you know, and I say that semi-self-deprecatingly, but like really, it, that's what I love about YouTube is it's different, right? Like it's not like you're going to Fox and, or CBS or, you know, NBC or whatever and pitching them a show. Like that's, that's totally different. All you're doing is talking about something that you enjoyed and that you're passionate about and like people respond to that. And I think it's really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, I encourage you get on YouTube and and definitely let me know when you do because I'll you know I think I found you guys I'll go subscribe to you so when you start posting then I'll I'll be there liking your stuff and like commenting for you to help you out. We have, we have one video and it was just me like following my kid around with a GoPro. That's all it is. But, it, but I was gonna take it down, but it had like 150 150 people watching. I was like, whatever, I'll leave it up. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably two years. Ago like two years. It was like two years ago yeah. I posted it there, but we, we've gotten better than that, and we actually. I found out that audio quality is really important off the first couple of videos we shot. So now we have really good audio quality. I think once we get it, once we get some stuff like put together, I think it should be at least entertaining because I get stuck about once a week. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Or your battery's dead and you have to recover. Or my battery's dead, yes. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't, we often forget to videotape the, the, the fun stuff. Yeah. I'll be like using the winch and we'll be like, wait, did we get the camera out? No, we didn't. All right, great. I'm covered in mud, and uh, we just winched out of this hole, and we didn't get it on video. All right. So now it's just you talking about getting out of the hole. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which isn't exciting at all. That's like the the most watched video that I've ever made was an Xterra walk around where I was sitting here. I yeah. called it Xterra walk around, and I did have some B roll from like other trips that I took, but it was the yeah. thirty minutes of me sitting here talking about the modifications to the truck. And it has like 19,000 views. I have no yeah. idea. So, so uh, <laughs> all-terrain family did a walk around of our rig. You should check it out. And okay. it's it's like 20 minutes of me rambling, and it's got like 20-something thousand views. It's amazing. See? <laughs> you guys got to get started. You got to go. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, awesome. That, that was pretty much all the questions I had. I mean, do you guys have any other, like, projects you're working on or anything else, anybody else you want to shout out or anybody, anything like that? Oh, uh, well, there's a couple of things that, that, that I did want to say, um, because I know that you're a, a, a little bit, a little bit uh, newer to, to, to overlanding, and a lot of your viewers are a little bit newer to overlanding. Yep. So 
Um, for the for the viewers who are newer to overlanding, the only piece of advice that I want to shout from the rooftops is for every. And this is why I'm never going to be sponsored because my one piece <laughs> of advice is stop buying things. Just yeah. stop spending money on stuff and just go out and just have fun. Just go out yeah. and explore new areas and and have a good time. So yeah. I, I see so many people with really decked out rigs, and then I ask them what they've what they've done, and they're like, "Oh, I haven't really had time to do anything." And I'm like. The amount of time it's taken you install that, you could have gone out on a really cool adventure, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's the one that's the one thing that I that I that I wish more people would do. And my advice for new people getting into overlanding or anybody who's been in overlanding is to take their daughters out with them. Because awesome. I hear I hear a lot of um guys, you know, complain sometimes that like their wives or their significant others don't like camping. Or they don't like overlanding. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't like overlanding. Um, and, you know, for most people, I think that when we were younger, that's kind of when we, you know, learned to love being outdoors and camping. Yeah. And these same guys who will complain about wives and girlfriends not, you know, wanting to go with them, you know, in the next sentence, they tell me, you know, me and my boys are going to go camping and they're leaving the daughter at home. So. Yeah. It's kind of an endless cycle. So you got to get the daughters out young, you know, them learn how to love the outdoors. And then the next generation will be camping with their husbands. And yeah, that kind of goes into what we're planning to do next. So unfortunately, we're going to have to go back to Reno for a little while uh, here in just a, a, a few more weeks. And whenever we do go back, we are hoping to, um, take out some families on some guided overland uh trip so so just just geared more towards uh you know whole families wife kids husbands everybody out and 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 make it enjoyable because i think that a lot of times whenever people are just getting into it it seems a lot more difficult than it is and i think that if a lot of people just had somebody show them the ropes it, it would it would take a lot of the stress away and make it a little bit more enjoyable and, and, and help encourage people to, to go out and explore more. Good family bonding time and uh, all over, all around uh, fun. So Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, definitely keep in touch and like let me know when that becomes a thing. And if, if I can share it or, you know, shout it out to people, I'm happy to do that. Because I think that's awesome. I, I, I make it sound like my kids and my wife don't ever want to go. They really do. It's just really it's the bathroom thing. That's her biggest problem with everything. She doesn't mind the bugs or the smoke or the camping. It's the bathroom thing. <laughs> we have a we have a toilet, a cassette toilet in the pop-up camper. So yeah, it's actually really that nice. That solves that problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I'm trying to get her to let me spend a bunch of money on a really nice trailer here. So <laughs> I'll make her listen to this one. <laughs> right, yes, of course. And it's a stocket full of wine or beer or tea, whatever, whatever, is whatever her favorite yeah. thing is, and then then she'll go with you. I, the whole trailer could be a wine cellar. That would be fine. With me. <laughs> that, if it would get her to go, then that would be fine. No, I'm kidding. She does like to go. She does like to go more than I give her credit for. I'm lucky she hasn't divorced me, to be honest. She will well, you know, this at some point. <laughs> people always ask, they're like, how did you possibly talk your wife into going on a multi-month overland adventure? And they said this on the first one, too. How did you possibly talk your girlfriend at the time into going on this multi-month adventure to Australia? You know, what's funny is both trips were her idea. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, she's she's the one that comes up with the ideas, and then I just make it happen. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. 
I love it. Well, that's, it's been kind of funny to me because I've found that like actually a decent amount of my audience is female. And yeah. I'm, every time I see it, like uh, there's a gal, and I forget where she's from, but she has an Xterra. So if you're listening or watching this, hi. Uh, she, uh, but she's like posted on a few and I'm like, yes, please get in the comments and like, tell me what you want to hear about and like what you want to see more of because I, I want that. Like, I love that. I don't have any girls myself. I have two boys, so I don't have to deal with dating. Like, <laughs> from a girl standpoint that's I'm okay with that but I do kind of wish because I do feel like a lot of my friends that have girls like they have a closer bond with their dad and if I like to go camping to your point she would go camping with me too but we are done after two so that will never happen unfortunately but um mm-hmm. yeah but friends with girls I would love to take them on a like a guided journey of the national forests around here or something so I love mm-hmm. that it's great mm-hmm. cool well, that's, that's pretty much all I had. So yeah, definitely keep in touch, you know, as that stuff comes out again, I'm happy to share your stuff out and, and I'll make sure to tag your YouTube and your Instagram down here and let me know if there's anything else you want tagged. Um, but thank you guys for being here. It was awesome. I love talking to you. So thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much for having yeah. us. It was a blast. Yeah. Sure. All right, everybody. So that was our journey overland. So a special thanks to Nate and Carrie. They were an awesome couple to talk to. They're doing cool stuff that I only wish I could do. So and by wish I could do, I mean like have the wherewithal to not spend money for a while and save up like they did, which is awesome. So good for them. Good for them taking their kids with them. Um, I had a lot of fun. I hope they had fun too. And I hope you guys had a good time listening to them. So as always, thanks for stopping by. If you don't already, click the subscribe button. Click the bell to be notified on YouTube uh, when new videos drop. If you're on the podcast, come over to YouTube and subscribe over there because most of these videos go up on there too, and I release other videos over there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love to have you guys join the conversation because that's where most of the talking actually happens. Uh, but so come and hang out. Come and join the, the conversation. Uh, but thanks for watching. Thanks for listening if you're on the podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.